Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to take your Bibles. If Cody, thank you so much, buddy. Love you. I'd like you to take your Bibles tonight, if you would. I'd like you to go to Hebrews 5. I don't know how long I'm going to be, but will you go the distance with me tonight? Please, will you go the distance? Great. Can I have maybe three or four more amens on that? Will you go the distance with me? Please. Hebrews chapter 5. I want to speak to you tonight along this subject this evening, the necessity of godly discernment. I want you to write it down, the necessity of godly discernment, the necessity of godly discernment. I'm reading out of the New King James translation right now. Paul begins actually in verse 11 of chapter 5. He says, you have become dull of hearing. this This is a strong, strong passage here. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive? He says, you've become dull of healing. Tell, tell me what the, uh, the opposite of sharp is. Thank you. Thank you. The opposite of sharp is dull. He said, you've actually become dull of healing. Uh, of, of healing. <laughs> oh, my God. Of hearing. Help, help the preacher, Lord. Help your messenger. You become dull of hearing. And though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Notice that. They have their senses exercised or practicing or using them to do what? To discern both. Don't miss that word, both. You needed to be discerning two, two distinctive things in this hour. What is good and what is evil. And let me tell you, we are in a dilemma right now in this generation of people and their ability to actually discern what is good and what is right and what is evil. Are you with me tonight? Come on, I said, are you with me tonight? Don't you go to sleep. I won't let you. Thank you. I'm going to read it out of the English Standard Standard Version tonight, the ESV. Listen to this. About this, I'm in verse 12. We have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you've become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk and not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk, they're unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. Solid food is for the mature, or meat is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good 
from evil. Are you with me tonight? I want to ask you these questions as we begin to move in this message. Are you maturing? Are you? Are you? Not Billy Bob sitting somewhere else in the sanctuary or whoever you're thinking of. Are you maturing? Are you discerning accurately what is happening in our times? Are you discerning the hour? Are you discerning the times rightly? The Word of God says that we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. What am I saying? If you can rightly divide the Word of truth, you can also wrongly divide the word of truth. You have to be able to discern accurately. You have to be able to see with the eyes of the Spirit. you got to be able to know down in your knower. You can't be duped by what you're seeing in the natural. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you training and practicing your powers so that you're not duped by the Spirit of this age? The Holy Spirit is the one who has the ability to open the eyes of our heart. Your heart has eyes to see way beyond your natural eyes. We used to sing for many, many years, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. You know the song. Some of you know it. Open the eyes. Let's just make that a declaration. Let's not sing it. I got to save my voice. (laughs) Let's just pray that right now. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Pray it again. Just pray it. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want you to write this down tonight the word discern. The word discern, it means this. If you're going to discern, it means to perceive. Or to recognize something. If you're going to discern something, you're going to perceive it. You're going to recognize something. It's going to be become distinguished to you. These are powerful words. When you discern something, it means that you detect something. When you discern something, it means that you have the quality within you to recognize something. You're detecting it. You're recognizing it. If you discern something, it means you're noticing it. Does that make sense? You're noticing it. You're able to see it. You're able to spot it. If you're seeing accurately, if you're rightly discerning, you're going to be able to spot what God wants to show you and say to you. Now, this is a very big point tonight, so don't miss it. You may want to write it down. Discernment from the Holy Spirit is not suspicion. Discernment from the Holy Spirit is not suspicion, and it's not a guessing game. Are you with me? I'm talking to you tonight about discerning and seeing and perceiving and recognize that which comes from the Spirit of God. Those that are blessed with the spirit of discernment, with revelation, because that's what discernment is. Discernment is revelation from the Word and from the person of the Holy Spirit. 
Discernment is this. It's the ability to develop a significant sensitivity or an intuition to catch what others are missing. Did you hear that? There's a lot of people missing Everything that's going right by them, they're still in a fog. They're still in a spiritual stupor. They don't have eyes to see. You talk to some people in this hour about what is happening, and they're just lost in the fog. I talk, sadly, sadly, I talk to some preachers that are still in the fog and still duped and still sold on the idea we can just preach fluff in this hour and little TED Talks and act like we're doing God a big favor by preaching. (laughs) I'm going to come at you tonight. Are you all okay? You got to be able to catch what others are missing. You got to be able to catch what other people are missing. It's called discernment, and it comes from the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about natural street smarts, natural intuition. I'm not talking about suspicion. I'm talking about seeing by the eyes of God. I'm talking about God opening your spiritual eyes to see clearly. Are you with me tonight? I can feel it. You're with me. But I will ask you a few more times, even though I feel it. (laughs) Discernment is an act of wisdom. Write it down. Discernment is an act of wisdom. Or a detection mark. Discernment is a detection mark by an insight somehow that God reveals something about maybe even a person's character to you. You know, discernment is not about seeing everything bad. (laughs) I'm going to get to it tonight. I'm going to get in the nitty-gritty. As Nacho Libre said, the nitty-gritty. I'm going to get down in the nitty-gritty. The gritty, the (laughs) nitty-gritty. Discernment goes beyond what the facts are saying, too. You know, I've been watching our president. You know, he got duped by fake facts. <laughs> Y'all went to sleep. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Discernment from the Holy Spirit will help you so that you don't get duped. Proverbs 15 and 14, put it in your notes tonight. Proverbs 15 and 14, it says this, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge. Watch this. The heart of him who has understanding, he seeks knowledge. But the the mouth of a fool feeds on foolishness. What's, What's the point here? It means that wisdom and understanding, they do not come casually or to the complacent. Did you hear that? Discernment does not come to the casual. Discernment does not come to the complacent. It's someone who has a hunger, an appetite to know the truth. Brother, sister, my friend, you have an appetite. You have a burning appetite inside of you to desire to see the truth. Guess what? You'll be crowned with wisdom because the Holy Spirit will move on that hunger. And he will lead you into all truth because it's who he is. Are you with me tonight? 
when the revelational gifts of the Holy Spirit are in action, what happens is, I love this, we gain access into divine information. When the Holy Spirit's revelational gifts, prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, the words of wisdom, the words of revelation, the words of knowledge, what happens is is you have access into divine information. That's what we need in this hour. Do you understand that the church needs to be moving right now in this critical hour by divine revelation? Not by crazy suspicions, not by all of these wild goose chases of of this, you know, I mean, did you see the guy on the lawn of the White House who had pink uh, shoestrings on? And And then did you see this guy whose hair, his hair used to go this way, but at this press conference, it was going to the left. And what that ties into, are you kidding me? I mean, I, listen, folks, I mean, I have, I have people that send me stuff that, I'm like, put that through the spiritual shredder. You got to be able to discern accurately, folks. (laughs) The nitty gritty. So, the revelational gifts. <laughs> the revelational gifts, you know, joy is from the Holy Spirit too. The Holy Spirit is moving in here. Seriously, it, it, it feels like I'm in a hot tub right now from about the waist down. I'm not kidding. It, I'm not kidding. I'm, it's like I'm in a wave pool right now just splashing my legs through. I'm not in a lazy river, believe me. <laughs> But when the Holy Spirit starts speaking, it is a manifestation in essence that begins to pull back a heavenly curtain. And it reveals God's true and perfect, pure knowledge, wisdom, discernment. James, the Apostle James writes, he says that the wisdom that comes down from above is first what? Pure The wisdom that, say it with me, the wisdom that comes down from above is first what? It is pure. It is pure. It's like God will crown you with a purity of wisdom and revelation that in the natural you never could have known that, but suddenly you know it. Suddenly it's right here brazen in your spirit. It's an eternal burning. You knew something in a moment, in a moment. It's like God just caught you up to speed. It's like, it's like Moses. It's like Moses when it says that God took Moses and he, he hid him in the cleft of the rock. Watch this for just a moment. God just hid him. He put him behind his hand and he hid him in the cleft of the rock. And he says, I, I can't let you see so much of my access, but I'm going to pass before you. I'm going to let my my goodness pass before you, and then I'm going to allow you to look out and watch me as I go by and see where I have been. This is where Moses got the revelation of Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, because when God passed by him, he looked through the very essence of God, and he, he was able to see where God had been in eternity past. 
And he began to write on that mountain in the beginning. In the beginning. Because what happened? God passed by him and then let him peer into the essence of God. In the King James it says that God let him see his hinder parts. My mom's here. She would tell me, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to beat your hind in. Mom's here tonight. I'm telling you, I'm not getting out of line. She'd tell me, if you step out of line, I'm going to beat your hind in. We all, how many of you all know what hinder parts are? It's, it's the buttocks, as Forrest Gump said one time, the buttocks. <laughs> y'all stay with me? Y'all okay? <laughs> You're like, where is he going? It doesn't mean, in the King James, when it says that God passed by and he showed his hinder parts, it doesn't mean that God mooned Moses. <laughs> this is really deep theological study. You need to know this tonight. God did not moon Moses. <laughs> this is going to be the title of the message, son. God did not moon Moses. <laughs> Stick with me. It means the hinder parts. <laughs> what does it mean? It means that God passed by and Moses peered out and took a good look. And he saw where God had been. Does that make sense? It's the same thing. When you begin to move in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit opens, he, it's like he pulls back the curtain of divine revelation and lets you step into it and start seeing its movement or its currents or its rhythm. There's a rhythm to the Holy Spirit. There's a movement. There's an ebb and a flow. There's a wooing. You can feel it during worship, right? You can feel ebbs and flows during worship. You can feel the Lord pouring on you, and then you can feel him almost pulling you out of you. There's an ebb and a flow to it. And when you move in the currents and the rhythms of the Holy Spirit, the Lord pulls back the curtain. He begins to show you things, and suddenly you know what you, know what you didn't know. It's like Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to show you things that are yet to even to come. You're not going to see just where God has, has been. You're going to see where God is going. Are you catching this with your spirit? Omer, are you with me, buddy? Come on. We're talking about discernment tonight, the necessity of godly discernment. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant isn't that great? <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I don't want to be ignorant. <laughs> now, concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. Jump down to verse 4. There's a diversity of gifts, but it's by the same Spirit. You all there? Verse 5. There's a difference of ministries, but it's the same Lord. There's a diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Did you see that? The Holy Spirit wants to release such a blessing that it impacts. It has a, a collateral blessing to it. You're all used to collateral damage. The, when the Holy Spirit drops a bomb, it releases collateral blessing. 
That's why I tell you, don't underestimate the power of this meeting. Because if God drops a glory bomb on here, guess what? People sitting in their houses will feel the residual effect of it. Come on. Don't let me blow these speakers out, Sky. Sorry, everybody. I'm not sorry. Forgive me. We're going to the nitty-gritty. It's a prophet for all. Verse 8. Are you there in verse 8 now? To the one is given a word of wisdom. And how's it come? It's by the Spirit. It's not by the natural. It's not by suspicion. It's not by guessing. Are you hearing me? It's not by guessing. It's not by suspicion. It's not because you got goosebumps the size of hubcaps. It's not because the hair on your legs went up. Take that, Joe Biden. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> All right, five people got that. Anyway, <laughs> it's okay. Just stay with me. Given a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, workings of miracles. See, folks, are you seeing this? This gifts of healing, workings of, workings of miracles, faith, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, discerning of spirits. All this is supposed to be activated in the family of God. This is this is this is the new normal. This is this is natural. To it, it really in the order of God, you know. I mean, you've heard it said before. God super comes on your natural. To God, it's not supernatural. It's just His essence. It's who He is. He can't help but be glorious. <laughs> he can't even help but be glorious. It's all He knows. Somebody say, "Man, wow." To another discerning of spirits, write it down, discerning, 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 discerning. To another different kinds of tongues, to another an uh, an interpretation of tongues. It's the same spirit that works all these things, distributing to each one individually, watch this, as he wills. You You can't fool the Holy Spirit. You can't dupe the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. You can't fool the Holy Spirit. You can't dupe the Holy Spirit. These gifts are as the Holy Spirit wills. It's not like it's on demand. I remember years ago when my wife and I, we were in a conference with a a lot of people, and a number of prophets were there, dear friends of ours, and one prophet said to another, get up and prophesy right now. Get up there on the stage. She said, no. He goes, he goes, no, I said, get up there. He said, no. He says, why? He says, because God's not saying anything. That's a big lesson. Because God's not saying anything to me right now. Why should I speak when God's not speaking? But if he is speaking and you're hearing, speak. Are you hearing me? How does all this happen? It happens by the Spirit. It's not a natural thing. It's by the Holy Ghost. Several years ago, I was, I, I was invited to another state, and, and it, was a, it was a mega church, a large, large church, thousands of people. And I was invited to speak at a four-day conference. There was some other conference speakers. And the pastor was walking me through their campus, and he was showing me the buildings. And we were having a nice talk and a nice time before the conference was going to start. And this guy walked out in the hallway, 
and he was outside of the children's wing, and the pastor, the lead pastor, introduced this guy to me. And when I put my hand out and I just shook his hand, immediately I sensed a spirit of perversion and an unclean spirit. I was so grieved, I became, I became angry. We walked away quickly, me and the senior pastor. I didn't, say, I didn't say a word. But as we kept walking through the church, I was seeing something far more dark and more sinister. It bothered me those entire four days of the conference. I didn't say another thing. I said a lot to the Lord. I just prayed about it. I just, I just brought it before him. Several months later, about three, four months later, I called that senior pastor just to check in and see how the, the church was doing. And he told me that there was a children's worker that had molested the children's pastor's little son. And I was on fire. I mean, I was on fire. And I said, let me stop you right now. I said, this is who did it. He said, how'd you know that? And I told him, I said, when we were walking through your campus, I met that man. He goes, I forgot about, I forgot about that entire meeting. I forgot that that even happened. Now, I know that's an extreme thing, and prophecy needs to be judged. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom need to be judged. Are you hearing me? We, we, don't, we don't believe in parking lot prophets around here. You can say amen to that. We judge prophecy. But I learned a very sobering, sobering, difficult, difficult lesson. I should have spoke to that pastor when that conference was done. And I wish to God that I would have. I've repented of that. But I wish I would have done this and spoke to him. I want you to go to Philippians chapter 1. I want to I attach something to discernment that's very strong. Y'all okay? Y'all with me? Y'all with me? For real? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul writes, beginning in 9, he says, I pray, this I pray, that your love may abound. Your love may abound. Watch this. Still more and more in knowledge and in all, say it, discernment. Say it out loud. Discernment. That you may approve the things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense. Wow. And without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, I want you to grab this. Let the Bible answer the Bible. Amen? Let the Bible answer the Bible. Look at verse 9 one more time. I pray that your love, your love may abound still more and more in all knowledge and all discernment. What I want to tie together there is that the very foundation of true discernment is by growing in love. That's a big deal. Because if you're not growing, listen, if you're not growing and abounding in love, your discernment is going to become skewed. If you're not abounding and growing in love, your, your discernment could actually become critical 
And the enemy could start sifting you in that way. If you're growing in love and you're growing and abounding in love, it's going to be the foundation of all true discernment. You got that? Now, one of the most powerful, powerful, ongoing lessons from the teacher. Who's our teacher? The Holy Spirit. One of the most powerful, ongoing lessons throughout the rest of your life, throughout the rest of my life, is how we will discern the times in which we live. I said to you two weeks ago, I believe, I believe, in this new decade between 2020 and 2030, I believe we're going to see the greatest unfolding and the greatest um, pulling back the curtain, if you will, of divine inspiration and divine revelation as it relates to Bible prophecy. I believe our eyes are going to become so cleared, so focused, so cleared out by the Holy Spirit that we're going to be able to see and discern things incredibly accurate. The Holy Spirit is the one who will teach us how to look beyond the natural realm, how to look beyond what we only see in virtual reality with our natural eyes. Your heart has to be awakened to start really seeing. The Holy Spirit, He's the one who teaches our heart to really know what is real and to know what is phony. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you and I what is real and what is phony. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us what is truth and what is a lie. The Holy Spirit wants you to be so in tune with Him that when people sit in front of you and they lie to your face, you know they're lying. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't play games. Are you with me tonight? The Holy Spirit wants us to be able to discern truth from a lie. He wants us to be able to discern. He wants us to exercise our powers. Remember, I'm back in Hebrews 5 right now. He wants you to exercise your powers on what you're seeing so you discern between what is good and evil. Wow. Now, this is a big one. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. And this is found in John 16, and I'm in verse 13. And these are the words of Jesus. John 16, 13, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Watch that. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all. He will guide you. I love that. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? You know what I know? Everyone wants a best friend like the Holy Spirit. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit will always tell you the truth. Everybody wants a friend like the Holy Spirit. You want to be told the truth. You don't want to, be, you don't want to have to go through a masquerade with people. You don't want to have to go through a ball of yarn only to find out months down the road, years down the road, that they're, you know, they're a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Spirit of dumb and dumbers all over them. 
<laughs> Y'all okay? Now, this is really deep. We're going to go into this in the, in the Aramaic, the, the, the Greek, and the Hebrew. The devil is a liar, and if he's talking, he's lying. The devil is a liar. He's doing a lot of talking. Let me tell you, he's doing a lot of yakking. He's all over our media. <laughs> he's stomping all over those media mountains. Talk, 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 talk. If he's talking, he's lying. John chapter 8, verse 44. <laughs> I mean, you think I'm intense. Look how intense Jesus is. He says, you are of your father, the devil. Jesus trying to be encouraging to leadership. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus trying to be encouraging to the Sanhedrin and Pharisee leadership of Israel. Uh, uh, you're of your father, the devil. He's not mincing words. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not even stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks from, say it, his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of it. He's the father of it. I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Stay with me. We're going the distance tonight. I'm about to round second base. Then I'm going to go to third. I'm going to slide so hard into home base. If you're standing there, I'm going to plow you over. Okay, so anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. This is what the apostle Paul says. He says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who did not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, you need to, listen, you need to hear this tonight. Make no mistake, the devil is a master deceiver. The devil has had thousands of years working on screwing over mankind. Don't you underestimate his abilities to put one over on you. Is there any honest people that's ever had the devil put one over on you? Okay, 50%. We're doing good. 50% of the church. Okay. <laughs> this, is a, this is a participation class. Devil's never duped me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, this present age right now, this generation, this entire generation, this is sobering. They're at risk of embracing error and rejecting truth. The entire generation, what am I speaking to you about tonight? I'm speaking to you on the necessity of godly discernment. The necessity of godly discernment. We are living in the midst of a generation that could be totally duped by a spirit of error and reject the truth. Look this way, please. I'm trying to help us tonight. I'm really going the distance to try to help us tonight. 
I remember when God spoke to me in prayer and he said, ask me for amazing grace to be poured out upon the nation of America because they're going to need it when the truth comes out. When God's justice and righteousness starts crashing into this land and there is irrefutable evidence of the evildoers, I'm telling you, brother, I'm telling you, this nation is going to be in desperate need of grace to turn from its sins. Or they will embrace error and they will believe a lie and be damned. I know that's strong. I got Bible for that. This is Romans chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. It says, professing to be wise, they became fools. Professing to be so wise, they became fools. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. See, it's not always been like this, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know that? It's not always been like this in America. We are in an extreme hour. We are at a desperate, desperate, feverish pitch right now of having an outpouring of the Holy Ghost to lead us out of error, to lead us out of delusions into the spirit of truth. Jesus wants to introduce America to the spirit of truth. You think the whole, you think the Holy Spirit is just all nice little good feel goods and goosebumps. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is going to come with such power it's going to cause this nation to fear and tremble. It's amazing. I mean, you read scriptures, that you, you know, that that when they talked about the prophets, they said, hey, all, all, I, all we have to do is just point to those prophets in Israel because if you watch their ministry, you will know that there is a God in heaven. And we get it, we get excited, you know, because prophets are, you know, getting airtime, writing books. Getting popular. I'm telling you, God's going to raise up true prophetic voices in this hour that's going to cause this nation to tremble, tremble in the presence of God. There's going to be preachers of righteousness. You mark this down, brother. Because as in the days of Noah, Jesus said, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, thundering for 120 years. People laughed him to scorn, laughed him and his family to scorn. And there he was preaching righteousness, preaching righteousness. There's coming a day, I'm telling you, the prophetic voices are going to be calling out the evildoers by name. and said, if you don't be quiet, God's going to mute you and he's going to deal with you. It's coming. It's coming, and you'll see me in that council. It's coming. It's coming. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is most vital at this time. Your rela my relationship with the Holy Spirit is most vital at this time. 
Developing and practicing discernment of what is good and what is evil is of the highest priority. Back to the Bible, John 14, verse 17. John 14, verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be, say it, in you. He'll be in you. It's amazing to me that the ultimate dream of God was not just to be Emmanuel, God with us. He wanted to live in us. It wasn't enough just to be in our midst. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to live in them. I'm going to be their spiritual equilibrium. I'm going to let them know when things aren't right. I'm going to write my word on their heart and on their minds and on their spirit, and they're going to know. They're going to be able to discern a wolf. Looks like a sheep. He's got horns like a sheep. In Revelation 13, it says he's got horns like a sheep, but he talks like a dragon. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father. My God, I love how this is worded. The spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. This is Jesus speaking. Isn't that a powerful visual that the Holy Spirit literally proceeds from the Father? Do you know what else proceeds forth from the Father? It's called the river of God. The river of God ever liveth and proceeds forth from the throne of God. When Ezekiel saw it, it was crystal clear. Crystal is just clear as crystal. When the prophet Daniel saw the river, it was a river of fire. (laughs) He says the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father. It's pure in every way. Pure in every way. The Holy Spirit is perfectly congruent. What does that mean? It means he is in perfect agreement or harmony with the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is not a dove. Holy Spirit is not wind. Holy Spirit is not rain. The Holy Spirit is not oil. The Holy Spirit is not fire. Do you know the Holy Spirit, what I just said are all symbols and characteristics of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The only God on this planet is the Holy Spirit. The only God on this planet is the Holy Spirit. Let your mind get renewed to that. Because if you don't, you're going to get duped. The only God on this planet is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's God. Every bit as much as Jesus is God and the Father is God. Glory to God is right. 1 John chapter 4. I'm rounding now. Here we come. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children. Isn't that awesome? You are of God, little children. 
and have overcome them because of he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. You know who is greater than the devil? The accuser of the brethren? That wicked, fallen Lucifer? Do you know who is greater than him? He who is in you. God, the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is more powerful than all of the armies on the earth combined. If that is true, what are we going to do with it? What kind of power is about to be released through the sons of God in this day? I'm going to ask you again, what kind of power through the sons and daughters of God is about to be put on display? Peter broke natural laws. Peter broke natural laws. What law was that? The law of gravity. Peter broke natural laws of gravity. He stepped out looking into the eyes of Jesus and he walked on water. <laughs> What kind of power is going to be released in this hour over all the works of the darkness? Now, I, you, you, you need to grab a hold of this. I, some of you are going to really grab a hold of this. How will God use you to overcome all the works of the devil in this hour? It will be by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. The Holy Spirit is God. God is living in you. God is living in you. God is living in you. See, church, we are not weak. We are not weak. We are not anemic. Oh, God. I'm not going to go down the path that I was about to go down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to it. I'm just going to say we are powerful. No, no, Brian, God's powerful. Yeah, I got it. But you're powerful. You need to be told you're powerful. You need to be told you're powerful. So you won't get duped. Now, there is Bible precedent for discerning the times. I'm about ready to wrap it up. Some of David's mighty men, they were called the sons of Issachar. You can find this in First Chronicles chapter 12. These were the mighty, mighty sons of Issachar. They were David's men, and they were trained to do these things. They were trained, and they were skilled to understand the times. What are we talking about? The necessity of godly discernment. The necessity of godly discernment. So the sons of Issachar, they were trained and they were skilled in understanding the time so that Israel would know what to do. Do you think America needs to know what to do right now? Do you think the president and the vice president and, and our military and the Pentagon leaders and the Congress and the Senate, do you think they know what to do? Do you think they need to know what to do? Do you, need to, do you think they need to know who to reject, who's a dangerous relationship and sever? Do you think so? Do you think so? Mordecai spoke to Esther. Esther's who? It was his cousin. 
to Queen Esther. He encouraged her to embrace her divine assignment from the Lord to save the Jewish people. Here's the words that many of us know. Who knows whether or not you've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. What does that mean? It means that Esther actually had to accurately discern her moment. We're talking about the necessity of godly discernment. Even though Mordecai was saying, look, you need to recognize maybe God's called you for such a time as this. Like, hello, I'm knocking on your door. This is your hour. She had to discern it was her moment. And so do we. You have to discern your moments. You have to discern the defining moment. Leonard Ravenhill was the one who always said the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. The opportunity of a lifetime, it has to be seized. It means it has to be apprehended. It has to be discerned. I mean, if you, if you think that I'm going to go on into the 20s and be preaching some fluff, you're out of your mind. If you think that, I mean, that, that I'm not going to be crashing through with the lightnings of God and the word of the Lord for the next decade if Jesus tarries, you're out of your mind. Why? Because I'm discerning the hour. I'm discerning the time. I'm looking with the eyes of the Spirit. And so are you. And so are you. You know, it's interesting that Jesus constantly criticized the Pharisees and other religious leaders for failing to discern their times. Isn't that amazing? I mean, you read through the synopsis of the Gospels, and Jesus kept crashing in on them. Why in the world can't you figure out what time it is? I mean, that's Gibbs' translation. Why in the world? What's the matter with you? you? You can look at the sky. Well, let's look at the scripture. It's Matthew 16, 3. He says, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot int- interpret the signs of the times. That's not Brian's words. That's Jesus' words. You know how to interpret the, imper- the appearance of the, of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. What am I saying to you? I know I'm going long tonight, but you can handle it. Is there anybody still with me? I mean it. Are you still with me? Failing to discern the times can be extremely disastrous. And I've already said, many, many preachers right now have their heads in the sand and other places. Thank you. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. This is John 10. My sheep, they know my voice. They won't follow the voice of the stranger. The stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Oh, my gosh. Did you you hear that? Do I I need to come back back there and grab you? Seriously, they, they don't follow the voice of strangers. Folks, the church right now is like a cup of trembling. I 
I am so sober. See, I burn for the church mountain. Now, y'all, many of you see me moving, my wife and I, for many years, moving into the government mountain. And we say a little bit about that when it's appropriate to talk about that, only when the Lord gives us the ability to talk about that. But I burn for the church mountain. The church, I'm telling you, folks, it's amazing the voices that people in the church are just running after, and these voices are clueless to this hour. They'll sit in their dead services, their sterile conferences, read their self-help books that are pitiful to the equivalent of, hey, if your shoe's untied, bend down and tie that shoe. It'll help you walk better for the Lord. It's about where it's at. We're in an hour right now that those, those, those types of voices, it's like the spigot is just going to be shut off by the Holy Ghost. When the sheep are acquainted with the Bible, listen to me real good. I'm about ready to slide. I'm about ready to run home and slide. When the sheep get acquainted with the Bible and with the teachings of sound doctrine, they will immediately recognize something is flaky. If you get acquainted with the Holy Spirit and your Bible, you're going to know when something is an imposter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You're going to know when something is off base from the Word of God. I hear, I hear Christians say stuff, and I, when I listen to them, I'm like, they don't even read their Bible. It's embarrassing. I'm like, really? You just said that. It's scary. You got to get in the Word, folks. You, listen, you know what kind of a revival that we need in this hour? It's a revival of the Bible. Because, because so many people are so spiritually ignorant and spiritually illiterate. Their Bibles are just sitting around their house. They own a dozen of them, but they don't even read it. We need a revival of the word of the Lord. How many times are you with me? Do I have to yell at you? Are you still with me? How many times was it in Israel, it says there was a famine of the what? There was a famine of what? Tell me. The word of the Lord. There was a famine of the word of the Lord. It's amazing. We've got Bibles stockpiled all over America from the Carolinas to California, from Hawaii to Alaska to Florida, and yet there's still a famine of the word of the Lord in America. Why am I preaching to you like this? Because I'm going to preach and train people who aren't going to be duped, who are going to love the Holy Spirit, cherish the Word of God, hide it away in their heart, put it in them, speak it, declare it, believe it, and move mountains with it. Woo! Second, thank you. Second Timothy 4. And I'm running home. Preach the word. Verse 2, be in season, instant in season, and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with long suffering and doctrine. Paul goes on to explain to Timothy. He says the time is going to come. 
They're not even going to be able to endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap up for themselves teachers who have itching ears. And they shall, watch this, turn away their ears from the truth. And they'll be turned away to fables. They won't even be able to discern. They won't even be able to discern. I thought you grew up in church, man. What's the matter with you? I used to go to Sunday school with you. We were Royal Rangers together. We were bros. We used to run together. What's the matter with you? You don't understand what's happening? They turned away their ears from the truth. So I'm going to give you some keys right now. This is where I close. Discernment starts here. You ready? Number one, write it down, please. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write it down. Amen, amen. Discernment starts, number one, with the fear of the Lord. Scripture repeatedly says fearing God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Where's that found, Brian? Glad you asked. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10. Psalm 111 verse 10. It says, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Say it with me. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. One more time. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Paul goes on to write in Colossians 2. He says that in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Leave it to Paul to keep mentoring us in 2020. Everything you have need of, it's found in Christ. All the wisdom that you need, it's found in Christ, the burning man. Glory to God. Discernment starts where? Number one, it begins with the fear of God. When it comes to discernment, it begins with our pursuit of understanding with the recognition that God is all-powerful. He's the all-good creator of the universe. And that only truth is found in God. So say it again. Only truth is found in God, the living God, the one true God. We're in what, May 16th? May 14th? The, 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 May 14th, the Pope had called everybody who believes in any kind of level of a deity or anything they call upon God calling upon pagan gods, standing alongside in the Vatican, in Rome two days ago, along with, with Muslim clerics, along with Hindu clerics, well, along with Buddhist clerics, calling upon their gods to end the coronavirus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is not fake news, folks. You need to know what time it is in the world. Truth is only found in our God. Moses brought us the law, but Jesus brought us, say it to me, grace and truth. So discernment starts with the fear of God. Now I'm sliding. I'm, it's starting. It's coming. If you're going to discern it, again, it means you're going to perceive it. You're going to recognize it. You're going to distinguish it. You're going to detect it. You're going to notice it. You're going to observe it. This is what's going to happen. It's like. 
You're just spending quality time in the presence of the Lord, and all of a sudden, the Lord starts speaking to you right over here. And if you turn your attention to it, it's like the burning bush. And if you turn towards the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to show me? I was speaking in Dallas, Texas at a corporation. There was 15 men in the room. 15 men. I stood up to speak. The Holy Spirit started speaking to me on my left side. It was very strange. I'm trying to introduce myself. I'm 25 seconds, 35 seconds into introducing myself, and the Holy Spirit is over on this side speaking to me and showing me a severed Achilles tendon. And I'm just trying to talk and say hi to this executive team of a a gas company in Dallas, Texas. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm so sorry about this, but the Holy Spirit is interrupting me, and I can't even think right now. And I'm trying to introduce myself to you, but is there, is there somebody in this room that had an accident with the Achilles tendon? This guy screams out on my left. Tears start pouring out of his face. He jumps to his feet. He tries to start trying to tell me the story. I said, save your story. I walk over. I pray 10 seconds. He's instantly healed. Now, let me tell you, let me tell you what instantly healed looks like. He ran out of the building, went to the back of the building, and started jumping up on four-foot pallets, up, down, up, down, up, down. I'm trying to introduce myself again. He ran out of the room. (laughs) He runs back in the room and interrupts me, introducing myself, right? He's best friends with the CEO of the gas company. He's sitting there bawling his eyes out looking at him. He's like, it's totally healed. He's on the phone with his wife. I don't know. This guy just walked into our office. I'm totally healed. I don't know what I don't know what happened. He was the number one kicker for the Arena League football, Sean Riley. He leads a camp right now in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. Sean Riley. You can go on YouTube. You can see it was one of the worst accidents when he got tackled and his Achilles tendon was severed. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But in 10 seconds, he was totally healed and got his life back. How does that happen? Listen, my my friend, how does that happen? The Holy Spirit will show you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will release power. It's all in the Holy Spirit. It's all in the Holy Spirit, folks. That's why it's so vitally important. You've got to know him. You've got to spend quality time with him. The revelational gift of discernment. It will reveal, you, I want you to write this down. The Holy Spirit, Spirit, <laughs> Spirit will reveal blocks of information so that your directions and your choices and your perspectives align with God's. I want to give you a Bible for that. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And when he arrived, it says Samuel saw Eliab. Remember that? Are you tracking with me? The prophet Samuel came with a ram's horn filled with oil. When he saw Eliab, who was Eliab? Eliab was the oldest son of Jesse. He was so handsome. He was so rugged. He was so tall. He was head and shoulders above everybody. And Samuel looked at him and he said, oh, my gosh. I mean, surely this is the Lord's anointed. And God spoke to him. This is he, God speaks this to a prophet of Israel. He said, no, no, you've missed it. 
You're looking in the natural. You need to know something. I don't look at the natural appearance of man. I look at the heart of a man. That's discernment. I don't care how cool you are or how uncool you are. People give me, it's been for years, 25 years of ministry, people will give me a hard time. Oh, your hair and your shirts and your boots and your, di- and your yeah, and your dit, 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 fill in the blanks. So sick of it. You know why? Because men, does, men looks at the outward appearance. But God looks at the heart. I could care less about all this. God looks at my heart. And discernment, discernment is not about natural eyes. Samuel had to have the lesson. No, Eliab's not the one. He's not the one. And he wouldn't sit down until David walked in the room. And when David walked in the room, the Spirit of God said, that's the one. The one that his dad didn't even call him in for the meeting. God said, that's the one. Wow. Isn't that powerful? I've already given you number two, grow in love. That was, that was Philippians 1. Number three is grow in the fruits of the Spirit. Now, what do I mean by that? Grow in the fruits of the Spirit. Because in order to correct your biases, li- listen, folks, I know, I know you love the Lord I know you love the Lord. I know you're a worshiper. I know you love his word. But I I have to tell you, eye to eye, flat-footed, looking right at you, you still have biases in your heart, just like me. You can have spiritual prejudice in your heart. Remember I talked about that last week? We in, in, in our generational line on my dad's side, there there was there was a horrific, sick spirit of prejudice deeply in our family against black people. It's embarrassing and disgusting to say, and thank God mom's here. She knows when we got saved, the Holy Spirit took the ax to the root and cut that generational curse out of our family. (laughs) Holy Spirit cut that out of our roots. He cut it out. But here's the thing, you can have biases, you can have spiritual prejudice that supersede your opinion, and it actually corrupts the heart. But if you have the Holy Spirit, if you cultivate pure love for God, what what is the fruit of the Spirit? It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, on and on. If, if through these spiritual gifts and, and, and dis, uh, disciplines, if you develop them, you'll have an openness in your heart to correction from the Lord. Don't tell me you're prophetic and you can't be corrected. I mean, I love the prophetic. Me and Bren's been running in the prophetic community for 25 years. But don't tell me you can't be corrected. Now listen to this, because when you grow in love, what will happen is you'll, you'll, you'll get a course correction on, on your biases that have been in your heart or your suspicions, 
And if you're growing in love, what will happen is, is your discernment will come into alignment and you'll start seeing pure. Now, you're going to see two things. You'll be able to discern what is evil and what is good. Don't forget that. When you get discernment, you're not just going to see all, all that's good. It's not just all, you know, pancakes and, you know, fluffies and hallelujah. You know, the Lord just gave me a word for you. He just wants to bless you. He loves you. You're just great. You're blessed. <laughs> you may see some other stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, that went over like a lead balloon. So anyway, the next point. Fourth, be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14. As many that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. It is essential to be led by the direct prompting of God's Spirit. For only the Holy Spirit of God knows the truth in any given situation. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit only knows the truth in any given situation. The Holy Spirit is the only one who can cleanse our muddy lenses and open our eyes to really see. You ever been around someone who's always critical? It's because their lenses got scratched. Somewhere in life, their lenses got scratched horribly and it never got clean. Do you understand? It's like somebody, I know this is deep, so somebody walks up and just, you know, smears a really big booger. This is deep. Across, across the left lens of your glasses. And when you hang out with that person, you say, hey, man, so what do you think of so-and-so? Oh, he's just a big booger. She's just a real snot. You ever wonder why they think like that or talk like that? It's because they got something smeared on their lenses. It's because their lenses got so, so scratched, all they can do is be critical. The Holy Spirit is the one who cleanses your lenses to see accurately and pure. The wisdom that comes down from above is first pure. Discerning the times is a skill that can be developed like any other skill. Yet it takes time for us to develop it. I'm going to give you the scripture and look at it later. It's Acts 17, 26. Write it in your notes, Acts 17, 26. The Holy Spirit wants to best position you so that you can make a significant contribution in which the time that you live. God has appointed the time in which you live. Did you all hear that? Look, I, I could preach for another hour, and not because I'm a superhero, but I can tell we can't go much further. You guys were done about 15 minutes ago. You got you to take hold of this. You got to take hold of this. So we're going to close in the book of Matthew, and I want you to go there. Matthew 24, and this is how we're going to close. You okay? You okay? We're really closing. This is it. This is it. Some of you are like, thank God. Thank God. Matthew 24. Now, these are the words of Jesus. This is sobering. And I want you to listen to my question before we read it. Are you ready? Here's my question. How important is discerning the times right now? 
How important is discerning the times right now? Verse 4, take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I'm the Christ. And they will deceive many. If you break that down, you know, Christ is not Jesus' last name. (laughs) It means I'm an anointed one. Did you catch that? Many will come. I'm an anointed one. They'll deceive many. That's right. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Wow. I mean, these are the words of Jesus. This is sobering. See that you are not troubled. I mean, my God, folks, look at this little bitty birth pain that we're in. Yes, it's shaking the nations economically. But, but you know what? You, can get, you, you have a zero, you have, you have a point zero 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 point four chance of dying from coronavirus. And look what it's done. It's troubled the nations. We've been duped. We've got to wake up. Don't be troubled for all these things. They're going to come to pass. Watch these words. But the end is not yet. The end is not yet. Watch this. Nations are going to rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famines. Wow. There's going to be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All these things are what? They're the beginning of sorrows. Then they'll deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. Then many will be offended. They will betray one another. They will hate one another. I'm in verse 11. Then many false prophets will rise and deceive many. And because, here it is, there's this big word, lawlessness will abound. How many of you have seen some lawlessness in front of us? Have you ever seen a more lawless generation than we're living in right now? Right now. Look this way. I'm going to give you a great scripture. Hebrews 1 and 9 says that Jesus, Hebrews 1 and 9, Jesus loved righteousness. Say, loved righteousness. And he hated lawlessness. And because of it, God anointed him with the oil of gladness above all. I love that about Jesus. He wasn't just like this Brad Pitt, blue, blue eyes and a white nighty floating around blessing people. Just blessing people. I love righteousness. He hated lawlessness. Did you hear that? This is Jesus, the Jesus that you and I were singing about tonight. He hates lawlessness. I think D.C. needs to have the Word of God preached to it. I think, I think Washington, D.C. needs to hear the Word of the Lord, and they need to tremble. They need to tremble at the Word of the Lord. The Supreme Court needs to fear at the Word of the Lord. Because lawlessness will abound. Watch this. This is the words of Jesus, not Brian. The love of many will grow cold. God, that is sobering. He who endures to the end shall be saved. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come. 
Here's my closing statement to you tonight, my friends, visitors, new friends. Hear this. Do not let your love and your heart grow cold. Do not let your love and your heart grow cold. But may your heart be set on fire by the Holy Ghost. Burning. May your heart be set on fire by the Holy Ghost so that you can accurately discern in this hour what is good, what is evil, what is truth, what is a lie. This isn't someone else's assignment for your life. It's your assignment. Your wife's not responsible to do this for you. You're responsible for it. You know that's the truth. I'm not responsible to do it for you. I'm here as the messenger to come alongside you and say, look at right here. You can be victorious. You can overcome. And you can endure until the end. Our king is coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Come on. Come on. He's coming. He's coming, just like he said. He's coming. I'd like you all to stand, if you would. Cody, if you'll come for just a minute. Sky, just help Cody there, please. Just put your hands out for the next few moments. You're probably... You're probably really glad to stand up at this point. <laughs> just put your hands out to receive. I just want to just, there's so much that's been going on by the Holy Spirit here at this gathering. And I just want to bless it, Lord. I just bless all that you're doing tonight, all that you've been pouring out, and all that you're about to release. Thank you, Father. Let the spirit of truth light our heart on fire. Let the spirit of truth light our hearts on fire. Our love will not grow cold. Say it over your life. My heart will not grow cold. My love will not grow cold. Make that your declaration. My heart will not grow cold. My heart will be burning. My heart will be burning. My heart will be on fire. Now lay your hand on your heart tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask you to give us eyes to really see, to apprehend, to see truth. Give us the spirit of wisdom. Give us that spirit of revelation. Oh, glory. Give us that spirit of knowledge, spirit of counsel, spirit of might and power. Spirit of the fear of the Lord. I just pray a blessing upon God, your saints, the men of God in this room, the women of God in this room. I bless you in the name of Jesus. You are set apart. You are chosen. You are the Lord's beloved. You are the Lord's beloved. You are set apart. You are holy unto him. You are cherished. You are loved. You are consecrated unto his purpose. I bless you tonight in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Ghost, I bless you tonight. And I strengthen you.
for this brand new week that we're about to enter into. Lord, we declare a miracle week, a miracle turnaround week for every family, for every individual. We pray for a miracle turnaround week for the state of Florida. We're declaring the ultimate comeback, God. In the name of Jesus, a miracle week for America. A miracle week for America. Lord, we're just praying that all the evil will just, just fall in and collapse on itself as an avalanche. And the mountain of the Lord will arise in America. And it will reveal that which cannot be shaken. That which cannot be shaken will emerge glorious. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Lord, I just declare that blessing over us tonight. We shall not be shaken. We shall be immovable. <laughs> we shall be unstoppable. We shall be unquenchable. Glory to God. Thank you, God. Hey, would you just do this? Would you just lift your hands throughout the sanctuary tonight one more time? and Just glorify the Lord. Just glorify the Lord. You don't have to lift your voice strong. Just glorify the Lord. Thank you for all that you've done tonight, Lord. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. Hallelujah. 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 Let's declare it. I am a carrier of the fire of God. I am a voice for God. I am a burning one. I'm God's messenger. I'm God's voice. I am God's friend. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. It's been awesome tonight. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfli.com.